just talking about the country. The countryside, exactly. The the peaceful, tranquil. Bucolic countryside. Bucolic. Like yeah. uh like when you get really sick. No, that's one of those words that sounds a lot worse than it is. <laughs> yeah, like oh it's that spinach gave me uh got me bucolic. <laughs> Okay, Byron. Yes. Where are you? I don't, where are you? I don't know where you are. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the whole point of the podcast. Uh, I am, I am in Kyoto, Japan. Kyoto, Japan. But don't get too excited. Uh, I'm not, I'm not in Kyoto really to do a lot of activities. This is sort of a, I've done a bunch and um, I'm sort of, catching up and staying in one place. So this is not a Kyoto podcast, although I did a couple of cool things here. I, I just returned uh, between my show in Tokyo and here, I decided to explore the Japanese countryside for the very first time, which, uh, you know, as you can guess, is wonderful. I'm, I can guess. And also, I've heard a lot of stories about Kyoto. It's one of those places that I definitely want to go to as a, as just in terms of like, it's a very cool city. It's got a very chill, like sort of scene and sort of vibe to it. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's it, always Kyoto, it's, every story I've heard has been very appealing. For sure. So if Kyoto is like, or, or Tokyo is the modern, you know, lights and sound and and action and and go go go, Kyoto is the traditional and quiet and darker um, city. Yeah, actually, you mm-hmm. you know, you walk around here. And there are people, uh, uh, Japanese people, wearing their traditional garb, the kimonos, mm. and walking around. And there's these towers and uh, sort of older neighborhoods um, like Gion. And it's just a very cool, it's a very cool vibe. But it, it's, it's been great. This whole this whole past week has basically been a lot of that, of going back to Japan's past and seeing how it was um, centuries ago. Now, have Um, you done any of have you done much of this kind of exploration before? Because, I mean, you know, you you love Japan, you you've you've traveled there. But have you done any of the sort of countryside type visit? No, we were we were in Tokyo. Um, We did go to Hakone, which is a place uh, that I I revisited this past week, which I I love. Um, But it's it's. It's pretty touristy, you know. There's not much traditional um, flavor about uh, Hakone, and then we really went to these these small small villages in the countryside, which I hadn't been able to do before. Did Tokyo, Kyoto, and then some of the navy towns when we were doing shows five years ago. Uh, so this was something, and I was lucky enough to have a bit of time between my next show, which is in Seoul, Korea, um, and the Tokyo show, so that I could basically take like 10 days and just explore, which, um, I, (laughs) I jumped at that opportunity, obviously. (laughs) Right. So what is, uh, I mean, what's your, what's your highlight so far? Oh man. I mean, the highlight, the highlight is probably Magome. So Magome is this little town, um, in central Japan, and I had to take two trains and, a, and, an, and an hour-long bus to get there. And it's this little town in the hills. 
it's sort of where you start to get into the mountains a bit. And it was a, uh, a postal town. So, uh, emperor, a little, little history. Let's go, let's go in the Wayback machine. Yep. Can't wait. Uh, so emperor Tokugawa, uh, took over uh, the country and began the Edo era. Uh, Edo was the name for Tokyo, uh, which basically shifted the capital to, to uh, Edo or Tokyo. And he wanted to connect Kyoto to Tokyo and have a postal route where you could um, basically get from Kyoto to Tokyo safely, which was not okay. the case at the time. And people were... Uh, you know, people weren't digging that how dangerous it was. <laughs> so, so, so he built a uh, sixty nine. Yes. Yeah. No. Oh man, I was wondering. Okay, you did it. That's fair. You're only you're only human. Uh, so he built. Yeah, smoke six, it up, baby. <laughs> he built sixty nine uh, little towns and roads connecting them uh, that you could walk and and carry goods. And that you would be safe uh, on. And so Magome is Postal Town uh, 43, Postal Town 43. And it, it was a little different because it's, it's, on a, it, it's sort of steep and on the hill and where you start to get into the mountains. And so this was built in the early 1600s. And then when the railroad revolution happened in the 1800s and Japan modernized, it wasn't because it wasn't strategically important anymore. The railroads weren't going to go up the mountain. And so people forgot about it and it became dilapidated and forgotten. Um, and it kind of basically died. Much but like in, our, our current U S <laughs> postal system. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, uh, and so the benefit of this was that the buildings didn't get modernized either. They were just forgotten. And so in the, like, I believe in the late, in the 1900s or something, it could have been the 1970s, Magome was sort of rediscovered and restored and the buildings were restored to look how they did in their heyday of the 1600s. So now you have this entire town that is basically... Uh, a, a step back into the past um, where you can see what the Edo era was like in the 1600s. And it's very touristy, obviously, and it's beautiful. There's these old water, wooden water wheels um, and, and sort of water running down the whole side of the, of the town, um, which is a wonderful soundtrack to whenever you're walking around. Uh, so most tourists come and they go for a day and then they leave. But I got a guest house right on the middle of the path uh, mm. of the town. And so I stayed during the night. And so when everyone left, it was just me there. And I was able to walk around. I mean, everything's closed. There's not much to see per se. But there's something about being there after everybody else, which... Um, is a sort of a unique experience. I haven't really experienced that much in my travels and I really liked it. <laughs> I felt, I felt <laughs> special. It felt uh, like a VIP, you know, <laughs> or they think you're some creeper wandering the countryside. Uh, and eventually there'll be some sort of, uh, the ring esque ghost story told about you. Uh, oh man. 
If that yeah. could be my legacy, I think that's a right? big win for this whole endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other cool thing is that um, there's Postal Town 42, uh, Sumago, which is about a two-hour hike through the, the, the hilly mountainous forest. And that town as well has been restored to its 1600s glory. And so I made the hike. You pass, there's these, it's these great wooden, um, they're basically bulletin boards, but from the 1600s and they've been preserved. So you walk past that and then you're in the forest. Uh, You're in the forest for about two hours and there's waterfalls. There are bells, uh, which you ring. It was unclear. Uh, The sign said ring four bears. Um, so it was unclear if you rang the bell when there were no bears to like further scare them away, or if you rang them, if a bear was upon you to scare it away, um, or you ring so, them and the, the bears come like you ring, you summon the bears. Yes. Yeah, so summon I the rang bears. the bell, but it didn't come. I had no comfort because I didn't know what I had. <laughs> there were no, but there were no bears myself. in any case. There were no bears. There were no bears. Uh, from a safety standpoint, that was great. From a content standpoint, um, you know, I'd wish there had been a bear. Um, what kind of bears are there in Japan? I don't. I guess I don't I, know. You know, there was a video. Know there, were like a there were bears in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's bears, and uh, or they're just playing a fun joke on me. Uh, to ring the bell. Um, <laughs> no, there was actually a, a viral video recently of a hiker sort of on the edge of this cliff and got attacked by a bear. Um, and you can find that. I don't know what it's called. Go, I think go I remember bear. that. Was that in, and that was in Japan? Yes. This was right in the huh. area where I am. Oh, wow. And someone told me that and it blew my mind. I, you know, I thought it was in Yosemite or something, you know, in, in North right. America. <laughs> uh, no, that was here in Japan. So, guy trying to you know, recreate you know, 17th century postal routes. And uh, next thing you know, here's a bear. <laughs> here's a bear. And the dude, the dude didn't ring a, a bell at all. That was the, there, there was a flaw in the bell system is that they were, they're probably about 20 minutes apart from each other, the bells. <laughs> so you really gotta, you gotta get unlucky that a bear is attacking you, but lucky that you are in bell reaching distance. <laughs> You know that was a conversation that had to be had many times. Uh, listen, uh, can we revisit how close or far away we're putting these bells? Because every time somebody gets mauled, uh, they're just never, they're right in between the bells. So Yeah. You know, knowing the Japanese, those bells are placed in the optimal place. Yeah, just the, perfect. The, the exact place they need to be. That is my guess. The The Japanese are very efficient and they're very thorough. And uh, I trust I trust in the bell system, uh, though I did not, <laughs> though I did not require it. Um, so, yeah. So you're, you're walking around this this path for about two hours. And in the very middle, you you come upon, upon this like clearing and there's a house and there's smoke coming out of the top. And uh, I found the Tatiba Tea House which is sort of a traditional Japanese tea house that has been there since the 1800s as sort of a, a waypoint between um, the two, you know, the two little towns. So e- <laughs> between these two towns that are from the 1600s, there's an even more isolated 
uh, <laughs> location. And it's run by this uh, lovely Japanese man named uh, Matsubara. And you go in and there's, a, you know, little little cookies and snacks, uh, tea, and it's sort of chilly here. So to have a little a break and have the tea was a, was a nice uh, respite and uh, or respite. How do you say that? Yeah, who cares? You know, I think either or, but respite is probably the accepted pronunciation. Yes, respite. Um, And the tea is free. He just offers it to uh, wary travelers that are that are coming through. This guy Um, needs to take a page out of good old fashioned American capitalism. (laughs) I know, I know, but you know that's true. But I don't, I don't see him trying to franchise. I didn't get that vibe. Um, but he, wouldn't it be great if you went in, out of the clearing and there was a Bubba Gump shrimp company just there for no reason? That would be pretty spectacular. And it, to be fair, it would be a re, I would actually eat uh, at Bubba Gump shrimp company in that situation, which is probably the only situation where that is the case. Um, but you go in, there is a donation box and I, and I donated uh, generously. Uh, oh, that's so good. That, so, so that travelers for another 200 years can, uh, can, can stop at that spot. Um, and then there's just these stunning waterfalls. And then you kind of come down the mountain and you're into uh, Sumago, which is another same style with these old buildings. It, it's flat, though, and it has a, a big, wide main street. So you really felt like you were in the Old West ready for a, you know, for a, sh- a high noon showdown with your... I guess it would be like a katana instead of a, a six shooter. Um, but yeah. And then uh, luckily uh, there's a bus that goes back to, um, uh, uh, to the, to the place where <laughs> I am staying. Uh, That's good. So that it's sad that my brain, this is how my brain works, Byron. I'm as yeah. you were talking about all this stuff, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Man, so okay, so now you're two hours into the woods, mm. and then like, and then you got to go up night. this hill, it's, and then you got to go back down the hill. Like, what happens? Like, how do you like? Do you have to turn around and go back? But there's a bus. Good thing there's a bus. There is a bus. Um, I caught the last bus of the day, and I will tell you that buses in Japan. This will shock you. They are very much on time. Very much on time. <laughs> so as as it is getting dark and it's getting cold, it's the fall here. So it's it gets chilly, especially at night. Uh, I'm eight minutes at this bus stop, and there is the bus is eight minutes late, oh. which in my mind, I'm thinking this is bus is not coming, and I you, and no I. Bus. I aim Google Translate at the little bus sign, and there's a way to interpret it to where the bus seasonally does not come. That the last one was two hours ago, and mm. not the not coming. And there's not so, a ring bell for buses. Well, <laughs> it's like basically, yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm I'm dying to see a bear at this point and ride it back <laughs> to Magome. Um. And, and right, the scenario that you were thinking, I was thinking in real time as, <laughs> as I'm staring at walking back back to uh, to Magome the two hours at night 
which would have been much less pleasant. I probably would have, you know, knocked on uh, Matsubara's door and be like, hey, do you do, <laughs> do you, are you a hotel as well as a tea house? Um, but no, luckily the bus, a little late, uh, arrived and uh, I got back to Magome, much relieved, much relieved. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so that's Magome. I, 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 yeah, I really, I really liked it. But that, that was sort of the vibe of this whole, this whole excursion. Um, the next place I went was a place called Gujo, which is a little bigger, kind of a bigger town. Um, and it has this, its main attraction is that it has a castle, an old Japanese castle um, up on a hill. So uh, built by a rich guy named Hashiman. And so the whole town is kind of called Gujo Hashiman or Hashiman Castle. Um, and it reminded me basically, uh, remember when I was in Slovakia and there was sort of the, that old town that had like the church up the side of the hill and then a castle sort of, um, yeah. overlooking the city. It reminded me exactly of that. Cause there wasn't much inside of this castle. You just go up and the farther up you go, there's windows and it's on a, perch looking over the entire valley it's got the town on both sides and there's not much to it except this amazing view and you look out and the trees are turning here so you see the red trees um and and uh yeah so basically again i went there just to kind of take a few days off and work um knowing that this was sort of the one main attraction there which i saw in an afternoon um and uh yes uh, another I'm, how I'm, old is this uh hashiman castle that is a great question i believe you know what you you got me i'm gonna look it up in real time <laughs> Gujo castle um okay i'm gonna get here i'll do a guess before i okay i'll do a guess i think it's from the oh man All right, i think it's from the seven i'm gonna say 1740 okay okay Let's go. Here we go. Fifteen fifty nine. Terrific. Okay, only a couple hundred years off. Terrific. Really great job by me. Great job <laughs> by me. I was there. Th- I was there two days ago. So that's uh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> really, really taken in the history of uh, of these unique and magical places I'm going. Well, I mean, I think it's probably easy to once you're just surrounded by this kind of gorgeous scenery everywhere and with the advent of the seasons changing and everything else like, you know, who cares? Who cares when this thing was built or what it is like? It's just, you know, really, really nice to be in a different kind of environment. You know what I mean? Landon, don't defend my ignorance. I appreciate what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm the goddamn improv ambassador. I've got to know this shit. I that could have just caused an international incident. Not knowing. Well, it's different. It, it makes me think of there's this there's this castle outside of Austin that is like you know, also this, like, from the weird, 1500s. Yeah, also from the 1500s. No, not from the 1500s. But the <laughs> only reason that anybody knows anything about it is because it's like, why is this here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, mm. you know. You've got this like weird mansion that's built like a castle in the middle of the Texas Hill Country. And it doesn't it's like it basically begs you to like look it up. Like, why is this? Why is this a thing? Whereas if you're wandering around small town countryside Japan and you happen upon 
as you did a 16th century castle. Uh, of course it's here. Like this just makes sense. This is wonderful. Right. And it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's at this peak in between like the two towns and you're like, Oh man, this, no one's ever taken this thing. Like this is very, very secure and strategic. Unlike the, you know, the mountainous, tr- tr- uh, you know, the uh, terrain of uh, Texas. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, so mountainous. So mountainous. Uh, the castle in the Texas Hill Country, by the way, built by uh, a kitty litter baron, uh, in case mm. you wanted to know that. It was the, I think it was the, the person who in, uh, either invented or popularized clumping kitty litter. Uh, wow. Is, and then he built a castle. Um, I assume so. that's that was also Hashiman's uh, origin story as well. <laughs> that's what I under, That's what I would bet here, right? <laughs> here in uh, uh, in old Gujo. Um but yes. And then uh, another throwback to the past was Hakone. Now this is a place that this is uh, closer to Tokyo, about a two hour train. This is this is less. This is much more touristy. This is not a village. This is a this is an enterprise here. It's it's on. A thing called Lake Ashi, um, in the in the shadow of Mount Fuji, you go there and there's a, a, a Shinto shrine, a giant Shinto shrine that's in the water, but that you can go walk up and take pictures with, and you can see it from the lake. And there's a pirate ship, you know, a touristy pirate ship that goes to every side of the lake. Um, there is a, a checkpoint talking about the Edo era, so this was also on that on that path uh, from Kyoto to Tokyo. Uh, a little closer to Tokyo. But this was an important part because they built this gate called Hakone Sakisho, the Hakone Gate. And basically, this was uh, Tokugawa's like border border patrol, <laughs> border checkpoint. So he wanted to keep <laughs> anyone with guns or weapons out of Edo. So that was not... Keep those guns from coming in and threatening him. And it was also... Uh, he had kidnapped the wives of every feudal lord around the country and kept okay. them in Edo. The idea being that uh, that the feudal lords would do what he said because he had their wives. And <laughs> it was, you know, rough, but I guess effective. And so this gate uh, kept the guns out and it kept these kidnapped wives in kept them from escaping out back to their, where they were from. Uh, so that was a cool, a cool little piece of, of history. Where is here. the, where is the HBO prestige drama about this? Like, yeah, there's know, a, there's a House book of Dragons. I read. <laughs> yeah. There's a book I read called Shogun, which is sort of about this era. And it, it, it is ripe for, it is ripe for some sort of modern telling because it's a fascinating story. And uh, should definitely be should definitely be told. And who doesn't want to watch 1600s Japan for an hour every week? You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, and then um, uh, and then really the other thing to see is uh, Oakudani, which is this volcanic alley. Um, the Hakone volcano erupted uh, uh, a thousand years ago or something like that. Knowing my dates, that's probably wrong by a few thousand years. I mean, and uh, you go and it's an active sulfur spring and kind of an active, active volcanic alley. Uh, So you go up there, it smells terrible. You go on a rope line, um, uh, sort of a gondola. 
and check it out. Now, uh, last time I was here, it was raining the whole time. So this is part of why I came back. We didn't get to, to, to see much or do much because of the rain. And I really wanted to see Mount Fuji overlooking the lake, you know, pirate ship in the foreground and the shrine. And uh, I was here for four days and they were beautiful, cloudless days, except over Mount Fuji. Mount Fuji, like a little cloud magnet, had clouds around it every single friggin' day, and I have still not seen it up close. Uh, all I saw was br- briefly on the train at the bottom of it, and then I saw it from Tokyo, from Tokyo Tower at sunset, but very, very small and far away. Wow! So I so still haven't. Fuji seen remains food. elusive. It does. So, oh no, I have to come back. Oh no. Oh no. Yes, yes. Uh, and then finally, last last countryside um, visit uh, was a place called, um, there was a Takayama, uh, Takayama Gifu, which again has like an, sort of an old street, but, but this is a large, this is a large city um, and, and town in the area. But an hour away on a bus is a little village called Shirakawa-go. And this is has these traditional Japanese thatched roof houses, and they have been maintained as they have been. They've been around for centuries, and they're basically little triangle. They're think of a like a Swiss chalet, like mm-hmm. a, like the triangle roof Swiss chalet, except it's a thatched roof in Japanese style. And mm. so uh, my friend Tess, uh, who you know, who we perform right. with, yes, she was here. And in Japan, she she when she heard they were reopening, she she bought a ticket, and so we decided to link up for for two days in uh, Shirakawa Go, and check out this village together, which was awesome. It's great to see a friendly face, and so we spent the day walking around this village, um, uh, just checking it out. Uh, we did a bunch of photo shoots, which is the advantage of having a, having someone with you. Um, <laughs> we we uh, um, went around. There's a not only the village, but there's this great uh, vantage point. You walk up this hill, and you can see the whole village and the valley, and it's really a stunning, stunning spot. Um, uh, going up the hill, we were walking behind this uh, family. And it was a sort of an, an older Japanese woman in a wheelchair. And this is a pretty long, steep hill to get up. And so f- from behind, I thought it was her son who was pushing her up the hill. But then I sort of walked to the side of them, and it, it was not her son. It was her husband of similar age pushing oh, wow. her up the hill. And so I, uh, I stepped in. I volunteered to to take over the rest of the way, uh, which I did. Um, she was very confused when she looked back for the first time, and it was me instead of her uh, husband. Um, but I, and then, and even I, uh, as uh, you know, probably half their half their age, I was getting a little winded as well. So that was my my good deed, my good deed of the trip. That's um, a very good deed. Yeah, was doing that. What, oh, what, what was the husband's response? Oh, he was very happy. They didn't want me to do it. They, you know, was not embarrassed, but, you know, didn't want to put me out or something like that. But I said, please, I, I basically demanded that I do it because it was 
uh, you know, I was getting winded just walking up regularly. So I don't know how he was doing it. And he was clearly, he was breathing heavy. So I think at one point he's like, all right, you, you can do it. And then, but the funny part was we get up there, it's this tremendous view. Oh, they were very happy. They took a, they uh, took a picture with me, <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're hero, quote unquote. But then we're about to head down and then they're, they're they left before us. And the, the, they do have a son, and he appeared out of nowhere. And then uh, he 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 took her down. And I was like, wow. wait, where's this guy been? Yeah, where were you, buddy? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just a great, another, just another beautiful spot. And, and uh, just imagine all of these as the leaves are turning yellow and red. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's that's got to be gorgeous. Year, so it's pretty special. It's pretty spectacular. Well, um, you know, it's fall here in Los Angeles, which just mm. means that occasionally it's cloudy. <laughs> sure. That's yeah. Just it. Not many seasons. Uh, not many seasons there in old LA. There's like there's one street that I that I drive on that where randomly all of the <laughs> trees are you know deciduous, uh, and right. so they 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 have leaves that some sort change of- in fall. Some sort of sewage leak uh, on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it causes more concern than anything. It's like, <laughs> why are all of these trees dying? Uh, yeah, not ideal, <laughs> not ideal. Um, okay, so uh, I I have not been completely idle here in Kyoto. Um, I've I've been to a couple cafes, Linden. Okay, and all right. Wouldn't you know it? These cafes had animals in them. Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. You want to, what do you want to start with? You want to start, you want to start more exotic or less exotic? Let's, we got to start less exotic. We got to work our way up. I like that. I like, I like where your head's at. The classic narrative. Uh, Okay. Yep. So uh, we'll start with uh, Me Pig Cafe and Me Pig (laughs) stands for Micro Pig. So, uh, kind of like Pokemon stands for Pocket Monsters. Uh, that's I right. see what they're doing here. <laughs> Me yeah. Pig stands for Mini Pig, and so you uh, you go in, you put your, your your shoes away. That's sort of standard for if it, there were pigs in there or not. Uh, and you go in and you uh, you get your drink. I chose not to get uh, a drink because of the chaos in front of me, which was 20 micro pigs, sort of like, they're not, I don't think they're baby pigs. I think they're just bred This is just the size that they are? Yeah, like toy pigs. Um, And they are just in this room. And there's six tables in the room, so like mini tables on the floor. There are pads on the floor. So you sit against the wall. You put a you put a blanket uh, uh, over your legs and that is to prevent the pigs from drooling upon your clothes. And then, uh, and then just chaos ensues. The pigs are running around. They are squealing like no other. They are trying to escape. Uh, Some are more chill and they'll wander over. They will crawl onto your lap and just rest. You can pet them. Um, but there were several escape attempts. There was a micro pig that was less micro than the others. 
And this one leaped out of the containment area several times. Several times. Uh, I believe it was feeding hour, which did not help the chill, mm. the chillness factor. Um, now, I was not very popular with the pigs. Uh, the most I got was three upon me at, at any point. Um, but there was a gentleman in the corner who literally had ten pigs sort of, sort of clustered uh, about mm. him. How did that um, make you feel, Byron? You know, inadequate. Uh, made me think <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I should hit the gym more. But, you know, some guys just have it. So It's true. Yeah. Uh, so this was this was a, a, the most chaotic of the animal cafes I have been to. So, wait, it, wait, let me get this straight. You, you yeah. paid some amount of money. I did. Mm-hmm. To go into a place, not get a beverage of any kind. Well, and- but I could have. I could have. Well, I understand that part. Yeah. Uh, included. You, you, didn't, you did not. <laughs> you opted not to get the Im- included beverage. And That's correct. And in, instead just <laughs> opted to be amongst the micro pigs. That's correct. Who Is there didn't a, want you what's there. Your, what's your really? problem with this? What's, what's your problem with this? <laughs> I'm, I'm, just I'm hearing of some a, resentment of, or some of, your judgment. You're judging me. I, I'm just thinking of a value I, I, is proposition. Is it because I didn't? As you wanted me to get the Coca-Cola? <laughs> is that what was being offered? I was going to ask what your options were for your beverage. Uh, oh, the, it was everything you could want. Any sodas, coffee, teas. I'd say there okay. were about 50, and it's a, a vending machine, uh, and there's a 50, 50 choices. But, you know, my thirst was for, for cute, delicious mm. little pork pork. Well, I won't use that well, word. I don't know uh, if you, yeah, you probably shouldn't pigs. use the. Yes, the, I did the, apologize. The yeah, I did apologize to, to the pig that was cuddling with me about having ham for breakfast. So <laughs> that's good. Um, I'm sure that that's... And I said, I promised I wouldn't eat ham for a week. So, well, yeah. Did you, yeah. I'm, that's, that's something that you can keep to that little micro yeah. pig. And then um, he walked away. So <laughs> he, he knew. When you Google micro pigs, by the way, it's you get pictures of these micro pigs, but also there's a lot that are like dressed up like you like the oh. people love to put them in little scenarios. There's just this one that with for no reason that just has a, also a micro guitar. So it's a mm-hmm. micro pig with a micro guitar. It's like his album cover. Um, it's yeah. a very odd thing that no, I mean, nothing's. Nothing sexy about dressing them up. I I, I liked them the way uh, I had them there uh, in in the buff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know if it, if they got clothes on, it's just creepy. And yeah, so, I agree. I agree. Okay, so you did the that. micro pig. No, did no the micro beverage. pig. It was great. I was I was I was. It was too much. It was sensory overload between the sound and them like roaming in packs and trying to escape. It really felt like a prison riot if the prisoners were micro pigs. That was the vibe. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, thus, I, thus, you know, no drink. I didn't want to give them any sort of weapon to to, to use or distract you, with. You didn't want to alter of, your your chemistry in any sort of way. Get your blood sugar up or yeah, exactly. Caffeine rolling in you. Yeah, exactly. Make me a target. Um, uh, so yes, uh, me pig, micro pig in Kyoto, and then next, and I will tell you, I did these in a, I did these back to back. So this was a, a two hour period where both of these encounters yeah. happened. Well, you made a uh, day. The next it. one, I appreciate that. The next one, the Lotre Luter Luter 
Lotre. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Apologies. Okay. The the Lotre Otter Cafe. What? Yeah. Otters, Landon. Cute, adorable, fuzzy but waterproof otters. So wow. It, in this one, there is no pretense. No free drink is offered. You are you are going in for one reason and one reason only, and that is they know to why you're there. Otters. You're you're there to now. The otters had plenty of snacks and drink, uh, which 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 we provided. Uh, so you go in, uh, you you read. There's a long list of things that you are not supposed to do. Uh, you pay, and then you go into the secured area. And there's an otter running around at your feet. He likes to slide on the on the floor at you, which is a great way to be introduced. Uh, you go to a locker because one of the rules is you can have absolutely nothing in your pockets. So everything is 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 in the locker. You can have your phone in your hand. But um, a, again, very prison-like now that I think about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yep. nothing in. Nothing that can be used as a weapon for otter escape. And then uh, you go and you sit down. It was me and like three other people were in a circle. And it's a, basically a, a, a playroom. There's toys all over the ground and then wasabi which was the otter's name he's just running around and there's there's no rhyme or reason to it you you, we were given food that you put uh, um in your hand on the floor and the otter will come over and eat it out of your hand and then he'll run off um he, he did jump on me a couple times. He came up through my legs i was uh, sitting cross-legged he would poke his head up through and then back um, but it was, the, the, the otters are real, they got real, um, they got a real, like, uh, OC, uh, not OCD. Well, well, uh, what's where you can't, uh, you have no focus. They're ADD. ADD. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, real Boy, ADD. You, is everything okay, Byron? Did you just, did you get drunk on otters and then you just... <laughs> can't find words no no i did not i did not get drunk on otters i or or maybe i did maybe the mirth you know they're they're the happy feelings of playing with otters for okay so was it just wasabi was it the was that the only otter around yes for, for to play with but there were there were others there were two um there was one named bob who which was a perfect name sort of a grizzled looking old otter uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, I, I don't remember the other one's name, but so they're in a tank. They're, they're in a, an area, um, uh, sort of above the play area. And there's a giant water tank, a giant, giant might be overselling it. There's a medium sized water tank and they, because wasabi is getting fed and play with played with, and that's what they want. And so they were like banging on the glass, like standing and banging on the glass at one point. They were swimming back and forth furiously. They were squeaking nonstop because they wanted in on the action. Uh, now, they were not uh, allowed to join us, but two others from a, 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 a different area, they released them and, and, and Wasabi went off for break or a smoke or, or whatever he does. Um, and then two other otters came out. And so there were two otters at that point playing with us. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was wonderful. I must say when you got close to them and you got to pet them, they're very soft. 
They, they, they love treats. They, we put treats inside of a, like a, I'd say like a jewel, a jewelry, plastic jewelry case that snaps closed and you hold it out and the otters will open it with their claws and then eat out of it, which was terrifying. They're very clever. Yeah. They're smart. They're smart. I guess they, they got to open clams and things. That makes sense. Um, they, they, they also liked um, bottle caps, just like the cap of a water bottle. They like to play with that. Yeah, don't they carry, don't they like otters like carry rocks with them like in the wild? Right. Like they just like have rocks at all times. Yeah, they're like, real. They use as tools or, right. you know. They're real hoarders, these otters. Uh, and then they also liked a game where they, they lie in a little dog, uh, like a doggy bed or an otter bed, I guess. And sure. then the the worker presented me with a toothbrush, and I was like, "Oh, tooth like oh," and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna brush their teeth," and then she says, "No, it's uh, it's just a toy," I'm like oh, mm. and I, I was actually yeah, recording. Got you, got you, you all hot and you bothered. Hear my, you hear my audible disappointment that we were not gonna <laughs> brush the teeth of the otters. <laughs> um, but so you take the toothbrush, you put it under the dog bed. And, or otter bed, and you 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 thrash it around, and then the otter likes to follow it, and then you, like a that's cat. It. That's like a cat, exactly, exactly like a cat. Um, and well, that's yeah. still pretty adorable. I mean, it's not quite. Uh, it's good. You know, I went to uh, there's a little town in uh, Central Coast, California, Morrow Bay, and I've been there. Morro Bay is great. It's underrated. Mm-hmm. Nobody, it's like pretty off the radar, but, uh, yeah. there's a big rock. There's a big rock there and, uh, out and it's like a natural bay that forms and there's otters around there. And, uh, it's great. Cause you can just walk out to the rock and you can see a bunch of otters hanging out in the ocean, doing the thing where they hold hands to keep each other yes. close so they don't yes. drift away from one another. It's very adorable, but also useful. For sure. No, these are these are smart little creatures, uh, and I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed my time with uh, Wasabi and and the others, and very strange, very just very very strange experience <laughs> all around. So that was your your mini pig and otter day. Uh, that's experience. That's great. Yeah, and those were. I mean, that's. It's sad. Don't judge me. That's really all I did in, in Kyoto. And, uh, although no I didn't judging eat. here. I ate. Okay. That's always you good. Know? Always good. I definitely ate. Uh, should we Should we do this? Should we do the what am I eating portion? Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to know. Okay. We're going to start at the big, we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to, we're going to retrace our steps over the past 45 minutes. And I'm going to tell you my favorite things I ate in every place. <laughs> First of all, uh, Japan has a, and I didn't realize this, my buddy, uh, James Lang, who I went to college with, who was a sports photographer for the USA Today, he was here for the Tokyo Olympics, uh, um, shooting and he reminded me and, and I didn't realize this until I'd gotten to Hakone. He said, have you tried the egg sandwich from Lawson yet? And Lawson is like a Seven Eleven or a family Mart convenience store. Right. And I said, no, I don't really, you know, I'm not going to eat convenience store food. And he's like, no, dude, in Japan, the food at convenience stores, it's awesome. 
Yeah, and, so and like, even oh. food at like Seven Eleven in Japan is yes, is, exactly. Is I think so probably piggybacking off of the Lawson. Uh, it's the same food. exactly. It's the same thing, but Lawson in particular, none other than Anthony Bourdain highlighted the Lawson egg sandwich as one of his favorite delicacies. <laughs> yes. So James reminded me of this, and so I went to Lawson. I had the egg sandwich, and now that's my breakfast from now on. They have oh, man. the egg sandwich. It's sort of cut into triangles. They have egg sandwich pure. They have egg sandwich with ham. Or the one that I like, the egg sandwich and teriyaki chicken, which what? you would not think is good, but man, it is delight. It is a delight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also had uh, uh, kara- karage for the first time. That's Japanese fried chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, um, up on the up on the volcanic hill in uh, Oakudani, uh, they <laughs> they hard boil eggs in the sulfur water, and this turns the egg, the shell of the egg, black. Right. And it is famous for this. This is and so you can buy the eggs that have been specially boiled and that are have black shells. And supposedly, if you eat one of these eggs, it adds seven years to your life. Okay, now, good deal. Once again, I've been discriminated against as a solo traveler. You can only buy the eggs in sets of five, which is too <laughs> many for me. <laughs> I I ate one um, and it was really good, just like a normal hard boiled egg except a black shell. Huh? And so no no difference in taste or texture or anything, huh? No, no. It's just weird because it's in a black shell and you're eating it in a place that smells like farts. But other than that, <laughs> perfectly normal egg experience. Uh, I actually had a second one, so I don't know if if it stacks. If the yeah, it the might seven the, yeah, years. Not sure about that, but at least I I locked down seven years, so that's good, and I think that was worth worth the uh, the effort. And then I offered my remaining three eggs to various Japanese folks, and uh, no takers. They they thought I was mm. a crazy white man. So yeah, well, they're not I wrong. mean, yeah, guilty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in Hakone. They have, uh, are you familiar with Nobu? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So Nobu, a famous, uh, a famous, um, Japanese chef who has a, mm-hmm. has probably a the most very, famous restaurant in Los Angeles in Malibu. Very expensive restaurant. Mm-hmm. On the coast, sushi and steak and things. Uh, Larry Ellison's yacht is permanently docked off of the coast of, of Nobu, which you can go and see. And it's very weird. So Nobu has a, uh, he's from Japan and he's got a vacation home in uh, this little town that's near uh, Hakone and uh, called Gora. And so there's no real reason to have a a little Nobu steakhouse here, except that he lives there and he likes to come in a lot when he's on vacation. And so uh, I met a friend and uh, at the kind of the quasi hostel I was staying in. And a uh, uh, really nice um, uh, Belgian guy. And he uh, he said, hey, it's my treat. We're going to Nobu. We're ordering um, co- uh, uh, not the Kobe beef, but the Wagyu beef filet, mm-hmm. two kinds. 
and then sake and it's a coursed dinner and it was a delight an absolute uh delight yes yes um now i don't want to you know i don't want to i don't want to one up it but i mean the wagyu Mm -hmm. beef burger is back at arby's so just in case that's actually what i had uh that was offered (laughs) at the nobu (laughs) and that's what that's what i that's what i got um uh, moving on to um moving on to uh good old magome so a little tricky here Uh, i was warned basically after the tourists leave everything closes down so i arrived around 445 which is about when the sun was setting and things were starting to close and so when i checked in they're like hey get something to eat real quick so i like there was this little stand selling dough buns filled with beef so i scarfed down three of those and then i bought some like breadsticks and like sesame crackers uh, so to, to have something to eat in my little my little traditional um, Japanese guest house room. Um, but one place that did not close, it was sort of another coursed meal, this place called Haginoa, uh, ha- uh, Hagenoya. I'm butchering all the Japanese names. I'm I sorry, mean, everyone. Yeah, that's, no, that's fair. Um, but this was a, a little place at the bottom of the town, open at night, and... You are in a private dining room, which again, as a solo traveler, was a little weird because <laughs> you, you're you're sort of shuffled into this room, and it's just me and my thoughts. And then uh, they come in, they they knock every single time, they open the door, they bring in different wonderful different dishes. The main dish was a uh, different kinds of tempura, which was just fantastic. Um, also in Magome. My one of the days it was just pouring rain and I didn't want to walk around or do anything. I just wanted to stay inside and work. Um, but I went to one little roadside shop uh, called uh, Masua and they served the set menu, which was gohe mochi, which was grilled, um, uh, skewered grilled rice cake balls, which mm-hmm. were warm and it came with warm tea and then just a steaming hot bowl of soba noodles and chicken and broth and so i'm sitting in this little restaurant on this hillside town pouring rain outside people with umbrellas and i'm just enjoying this delightfully warm meal (laughs) you were in a you were in a uh lo-fi beats to study to youtube video like i I was (laughs) you were literally living that (laughs) i know if i yeah, I wanted to. I felt it would have been a bridge too far to whip out my laptop and, and <laughs> write my screenplay. Uh-huh. Um, but it and have oh like God, a purring cat a, next to you, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I already, I already did that cafe. Not, not a strong that's desire. To yeah, go that's back. true. You're right. <laughs> but uh, it was just, yeah, the vibe. The vibe was right. The vibe was all right. Um, in Gifu. I, I sang the praises of conveyor belt sushi before. Well, this was the oh, opposite. Yes. This was a, a, a master sushi chef from Tokyo who'd come back to his hometown, opened his little his own little shop. And this was uh, it's about as old school as you get. Zero, zero English at all. I Google translated him. You know, you sit down at the counter. And it's sort of, a, there's a wooden counter and then there's a, 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 a another black and red counter 
sort of a second just above it. And then there's the glass and there's all the fish and vegetables and everything that he makes the sushi out of. So I didn't really know how to order. I had pointed at a plate behind me where it was lots of different kinds of sushi. That did not, uh, that did not come across. Uh, so I basically put on Google Translate <laughs> and I said, I want to try one of everything. And he like sh- sort of like, okay, and shrugged his sh- shoulders. Um, his, his wife was sort of his like sous chef and would do prep next to mm-hmm. him and would, would pre- prepare things as well. And so I liked getting sushi from a conveyor belt, but I think I prefer it being handed to me over the <laughs> counter and placed on the counter along with wasabi and ginger and with his bare hands, he cuts it, he makes it, and then he places it on that black upper counter, and that's your plate. And then you I mean, you're can't... not wrong, but uh, sustainability-wise, uh, it's probably not <laughs> something that you can wish for all the time. But that sounds amazing. But from an Earth sustainability standpoint, it's wonderful. No plates, no washing of dishes. Oh, that's it just true. That's puts true. it on the counter, you know? And uh, so that was great, I think. Got about, I think I took down about 20, 22 pieces before I finally tapped out, uh, much <laughs> to his delight. Um, but just, you know, amazing salmon and there was an asparagus thing. He, he really, he put in, he threw in some curveballs, some shrimp. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was delightful. They're very old he brought school. brought his A game. He, yeah, I think, I think. I think every day it was an A game uh, for for this gentleman um, in in uh, the little town um, of Shirakawa. We had there's a thing in the region called Hida beef, just a specialty beef that they had. Um, so I had a fillet of that and strips of that. I ordered two different kinds because I'm a um, just a glutton for beef. Um, uh, luckily, Tess, uh, who's vegetarian, was not completely horrified. Uh, so props, <laughs> props to her. And, uh, um, and then here in Kyoto, I went to this wonderful little hole in the wall place. Again, a lot of the, almost all of these restaurants in the countryside are just a, a man and his wife and they, they run the kitchen, they cook everything, they prep everything. It's just the two of them. There's no staff. It's right. there. It's, it's as mom and pop as you can get. Uh, so I had a great, uh, lemon fried rice uh, in Kyoto my first night here. And then I went to a place called Ramen Sen no Kaze, which is a um, sort of a, it's gaining reputation as kind of a famous, a famous ramen place. And I had uh, pork gyoza with three different kinds of sauces. And then just oh, the most delicious, tasty, creamy ramen that I've ever had. Uh, so yeah, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I'm jealous of the food. Byron, yeah. You ready to, sure. you I ready mean, to join me yet? I'm jealous of, <laughs> I'm jealous of all of it. Uh, <laughs> Otters and ramen. Landon. Otters and ramen. <laughs> well, you've had a good little break here from the, uh, from improvising and performing, but where, where is that happening next? That is happening uh, next week. I'm off to Seoul, South Korea. I am joining Seoul City Improv on stage. Uh, I have never, unlike Mike, I you know I haven't met any of these folks before. There's no pre-existing relationship 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to meet all of them and uh, and join them on stage. Uh, I'll have a, get a, a little time there, so I'll get a chance to rehearse before the show, which is helpful oh, great. for improv. And uh, yeah, it's also my first time in Seoul. I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow, and I'm really excited. And another another country, um, another new country. Checking added, off the list. Added to the list. So excited to explore there and to uh, meet the folks over at Seoul City Improv and check out South Korea for the very first time. That's exciting. Do you know what kind of show it is or what they do in particular? They're, they're, they're doing long form at the moment. We, okay. haven't talked, uh, we haven't talked specifically about what that is. I think we're going to talk about uh, that at rehearsal, but it's, uh, it's a three hour, three act Herald. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, right. That's right. And then, and then we do an Iceman cometh, uh, for an encore <laughs> for those who don't know, that is a four and a half hour play. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I believe it's two different kinds of long form, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, um, like long, long form set, little break, long form set, and that's, that's great. Show. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. So I will have more info uh, next week after, after gracing the stage with soul city improv. Well, I'm very excited. I can't wait for that. I'm also excited to hear about your impressions of soul because it's a place you haven't been. Um, and I've heard, I've heard a lot of good things about South Korea in general. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I am going to, I'm going to explore possibly checking out the DMZ. Uh, which is very close okay. to Seoul, and uh, and I also a doctor know it all with some of the guards there. I <laughs> well, think that's yeah, it's like I wonder if I can knock off a, a second country real quick right there by uh, <laughs> performing in uh, North Korea. Um, yeah, so that's it. I also have a little time. I'm going to do the same thing. I've got a taste for this countryside stuff, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, uh, leave the big city and, and head out to the Korean countryside as well. So that that's all next week. And, uh, and, and we, as we do, we will discuss. Oh yeah. We'll talk about it. Uh, in the meanwhile, <laughs> where can people find your content? Yes. Uh, at improv ambassador, uh, give this a five-star review and, uh, leave it, leave a review. It really helps people find us, um, follow us on Spotify. If that's where you're listening and, uh, at improv ambassador on all your favorite social media, um, in, in, uh, in, I just almost said improv. Great. Good job. And all I've your favorite social long. media improv. I mean, yes. it is, <laughs> you know, most of social media, very improvised. It, that is true. Uh, no, Instagram, no thought YouTube. put behind any tweets. That's for sure. <laughs> just don't get canceled doing improv. That's my goal for both social yeah, media. Well, and- uh, oh no, Elon Musk bought improv. Uh, oh, God, that's- another bad <laughs> investment. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter at Improv Ambassador. Uh, you can follow me along there. I'm posting stories every single day, and it's good stuff, folks. I take a lot of time to go on fun, fun adventures and and, and share them with all of you. So uh, join me there, and uh, yeah, it's good to hear your voice, my friend. Good to hear your voice, buddy, and uh, safe travels to Seoul. And we'll talk to you soon. See ya.